what are some of the other biological phenomena that actually change like for example i'm really interested that how does it change with something like as basic as food for example mm-hmm. like when um, actually that's basic and as uh, it's it's a huge problem now given that uh, and especially for children given that our food supply chain uh, like everything is becoming more and more efficient probably food supply chain is the only thing that's becoming more efficient but at the same time degrading at the fastest rate possible in the future in in the past right uh, and ever in the history of human history right basically those things would love to really understand from your perspective what are some of the second third order effects of the food ecosystem around children and uh, what are you seeing there yeah well food food is one of the things that i'm extremely interested in both in my own life and in my work uh and then the idea of uh just what happens in the system and how mindfulness and awareness can help uh that also is something that's key so let me start with that cuz that's probably the fastest which is what happens is that when we are worked up when our nervous systems are worked up our capacity to be able to hold strong emotions and our capacity to think clearly decreases and it's just plain old fight or flight that's um, just how our systems work you know we go into a a survival mode and that survival mode limits our ability to think conceptually and goes back into survival mode of taking care of ourselves and that's not just the what we see so often as far as people kind of getting out of control it's also that is more of the flight piece but there's also the freeze piece and so that's what's often missed with kids kids whose response to too much stimulation to too much input is not to sort of thrash around but to withdraw and so often kids are thought of just as being shy or sometimes they're thought of being defiant you see a teenage kid like this they think always oh, defiant well no maybe it's just a little overwhelmed us too much. So what mindfulness and awareness can do is by helping helping kids and adults learn that when we move our attention away from thinking about whatever the stimulus is, from thinking about what's upsetting us to the sensation, to the actual experience, usually in our body, that has an effect of calming and grounding and lowering the heart rate. And then that fight or flight sort of settles back in, and then we can see things clearly and we can understand. So when you're with a child or when you're with an adult and you see that they're all worked up, trying to get into a a a discussion with them calmly about what actually happened is is a little bit counterproductive because they just don't yet have the capacity they're in some kind of survival mode another aspect of this this type of of a bias that we have that is a survival mode is the negativity bias where we are actually wired to focus more on what's scaring us what's threatening us rather than to focus on the good so we again if we bring awareness to that and a sense of humor oh there's Susan I'm Susan there that there I go again I'm focusing on that silly thing that happened when somebody made fun of the sweater I was wearing instead of focusing on all the other wonderful things that happened at that party uh, but no I focus on the one bad one keep a sense of humor about it oh that's just the negativity bias and then do your best to heighten the good that is another way of balancing these very helpful very useful survival instincts that we need they're not bad 
we need them to survive, but sometimes they get a little bit misdirected in the modern world. So that's the piece that is really the starting place for mindfulness and awareness practices with kids and with their parents and teachers. As far as food, again, it's like awareness is key and not just awareness as far as uh, cognitive understanding or intellectual understanding, but awareness of the connection between our mind and our body. Oh yeah, you know, when I eat that wonderful frosted uh, cinnamon bun that I that smells so great. Initially, it's just fantastic. You know, I love sweets. It's just fantastic. But, you know, oh, wait, you know, like 10 minutes later, I've got a lump in my stomach. You know, my energy is completely dropped a little bit later. You start to make those connections. And then those connections go all the way back to how was this food grown? How was it actually brought to me? How was it processed? How many ingredients are in this loaf of bread? And how many of them can I pronounce? How many of them are ingredients that I can't even imagine what it looked like in the real world? And when you start bringing that level of attention to what you're putting in your body, everything starts to shift. So keeping, again, the idea around food and awareness really simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. We don't have to have a lot of rules. We just have to have common sense and awareness. I mean, does this look like anything? Does this supposedly milk-like product, is it anything a cow would ever recognize? You know, if not, probably better to pass it by, you know, that sort of thing. And just bringing awareness to what we're eating, where it came from, and then key is how it makes us feel. Absolutely. I think this is uh, probably one of the best ways to understand like how we interact with our daily lifestyle elements. Like for example, if you speak to anybody about diets in this case, any dietary system out there, most dietary systems are restrictive. And what what we've seen is that um, they end up actually spoiling the relationship with food because then uh, people don't see food as a way of life or uh, being a critical part of their life, but something that they can enjoy or they can basically they start seeing it as a compulsion in some ways that, oh, I have to eat within these many calories. I have to basically get these macros in. It's not bad. I mean, potentially doing it in a mindful way is probably the right way to do things. But then developing that instinct and not sort of like bringing that constraint to your life so that you don't become robotic about your life experiences. Especially in general, the uh, some of the aspects of given the fact that uh, the the child obesity uh, is a mega disaster in making and it's a mega crisis. Issues like eating disorders and uh, given that our definition of how we look at food is changing, given the processed food industry and uh, the convenience that we want associated with the food, how how do you actually like what's your approach towards solving some of those uh, or interfacing with some of those when that happens? Yeah. Well, a lot of it is parent education because, again, you know, the parent anxiety in some cases or the parent lack of education uh, just, again, has a ripple effect on the children. It, it makes the children feel something they are being, things are being taken away as opposed to things are being offered to them. It makes them nervous because they see that their parents are nervous. And then also, you know, I was raised in the Midwest of America. You know, uh, I was born in the 1950s. I mean, food was love. And that was what it was, you know, my mother, my, you know, baking was huge. Uh, white flour, sugar, butter, sometimes lard. And that 
was their way of showing love. So you start to connect that really, really early on. And food is love is a fantastic thing, but the food that you're giving your children can still be a, an expression of love and it can still be delicious, but not, but, but be healthy for you. And so the par- parental awareness around that, giving kids lots of choices, lots of delicious choices that they can choose from that are good for them. But there's another piece again is the awareness piece. So, you know, there was, um, there have been different programs that I've done around mindful eating where we created awareness meters specifically for food. So something like a fullness meter. A fullness meter is where you kind of get a sense before you're going to eat, am I full? How do I feel? So you build awareness of, am I eating just eating or do I feel full and then am I going to eat? So a fullness meeting a meter, a taste meter, how does this feel? How does this taste? So really starting to take things apart in a fun and playful way to bring awareness, not just to what you're putting in your mouth, but how your body is feeling. Because that is really the key to so much of the meditation or awareness-based approaches to to life is just really making the connection between your mind and your body and seeing in real time how your mind changes your body and your body changes your mind. And so really bringing awareness to how full I am. Uh, Does this feel good? Does this not feel good? That sort of stuff uh, goes a long way to helping kids regulate themselves. Wow. This is is really cool. It's almost like what we're trying to do by machines, uh, if you can develop that instinct very, very early, probably that's uh, that's even way more powerful. You have the ability to, if you can develop your own instincts and your own muscle memory around what's good for you, there's a very high chance that you'll end up making the right decision. So that's really, really cool. And I think, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that this is, this is actually work for parents, given the fact that uh, they are the ones who are actually molding uh, or shaping our children are observing their parents to understand how the world around them actually works. 